New stories were coming in about this strange virus in Wuhan, China. It was weeks before we saw the first cases in the U.S. As the numbers went up each day, my curiosity got the best of me, and I started plotting the curves. Hear stories from real people all over the world and how they've responded. I'm Sally Hendrick, founder of Shout Your Cause, and this is COVID-19, The World Responds. So, hey, Michelle, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a couple of years. I know, it's been so long. I'm so good to see, glad to see you on video. Yeah, it is good to see you. So you are in, where are you now? New York? New York, yep. Okay, and tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, that sort of thing. Okay, so I'm a physician, a podiatrist that I've been doing that for 25 years almost. And I recently relocated from California to New York. So I sold my practice and relocated here. And I've been working for different doctors part-time. And I recently started working at one of the local colleges. So I'm teaching anatomy and physiology and biology to the nursing students here Mm -hmm. in New York. And most of them are applying for their nursing degree. So they're lovely students because they they're trying really hard because they want to get into this next level program and i teach yoga a couple days a week or Mm -hmm. a couple classes a week i should say Mm -hmm. around town um and i still have my online health coaching which i do part-time so a little bit of part-time of all of those above wow that's a lot of things a lot of hats to (laughs) wear (laughs) (laughs) well what the reason i reached out to you is because I've been noticing you posting a lot about COVID-19. I've been posting a lot about COVID-19. We've gotten into lots of comment threads together to comment on the statistics and what's happening and the messaging and all of that. So why don't you give me your perspective on what you're seeing with COVID-19 right now? Yeah, well, what I've been noticing is that I think some people weren't taking it as seriously as they should have initially. And so that's caused a lot of the public to not take it as seriously. And so I think we're doing a lot of catch up in trying to get people on board in terms of what to do, what they need to do to be safe. Um, In terms of the numbers, I mean, I've been following the numbers very closely from the beginning. And even the first model that came out that it try to explain to people what exponential math is Mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, pandemic spread and all of that. Um, I've just been trying to share as much information from cited articles, scientific journals and things like that so that people will take it seriously because if it's just an opinion, even though I am a doctor, um, people still want to see proof. Yeah, they do. And with the politics of, late we've had a lot of people deny that any news is real and that so it makes it really hard to convince people of anything these days especially if they were of the mentality that anything being reported online is you know up for grabs as far as whether you believe it or not yeah Yeah, I've seen that too on a couple of the articles I shared. If it wasn't from a very, very, very reputable source or a scientific article, people were saying, well, that's just so-and-so's opinion. And then I have to come back with a second article that's scientific to back it up because they're, you know, they're saying, well, that 
that place is fake news or this one is just an opinion. So yeah, it's been a little challenging in that way. Now in New York, are you seeing a lot of people taking this very seriously? Because the perspective here in Tennessee is very different than what you're seeing. Yeah, well, I'm closer to Albany, so um, we're not right in the center of where all of the, you know, stuff that we're seeing on the news is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are taking it seriously. Um, as you know, we were one of the first states to close all the schools and let the students know, like our schools let the students know right off the bat, school's not coming back until the summer. Like as soon as they shut down, they said that. So it was yeah. pretty pretty evident and a lot of people are still wondering if their schools are going to open back up. Um, so the schools took it very seriously, then the businesses, and it just was kind of a, a one, like a domino effect. It was first the schools, then businesses, and then gyms and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it started coming out that this business or that business was going to have to close and they all pretty much just started doing it. And everyone's been really um, like helpful to each other and nice around town. Like if, if I go out on a walk, I don't see that many people. Like I've seen pictures that friends have shared from other states where they go out for a few minutes and it's crowded. Mm-hmm. If I go out for a walk with my dog, that's like a half an hour walk, I might see two people on the whole block, you know, on mm-hmm. the whole walk. So people are staying in, people are taking it seriously, but, um, but there's still some work that needs to be done. Cause I don't see people, you know, wearing masks that much or anything like that. So, yeah. And that's just the most recent thing coming out of the CDC, right? Or have they already officially said that they want people, just regular people to wear masks? They haven't said that officially. Um, They started talking about it two days ago that they were considering changing their wording on their website, Mm -hmm. but they haven't done that yet. And so a lot of people are saying they're not going to change their behaviors about it until Mm -hmm. that comes out. Mm -hmm. But for example, Los Angeles, Um, came out with a citywide statement today saying masks on everybody in the entire city. So this is the first city that I've seen do it. Mm -hmm. So I shared that because, you know, I moved out here from LA. And so a lot of my friends are in LA and I shared that today. And I said, you know, kudos to LA mayor for doing that. And it's the first city of many. It's going to eventually be universal, but that's just the first one to do it. Yeah. So you happen to have some connections to who know what's going on behind the scenes as far as the data models, the statistical models, and so on and so forth. What kind of information can you share with me about what, you know, how long you've known, how serious this is, what they've been seeing, what, what have you got from, for that? Well, what I know is the, the numbers are changing every two to three days. They have to rerun the numbers because that's how long it takes for all the hospitals and all the doctors to report, you know, to the states and then the states have to send their numbers in. Mm-hmm. So everything that they're doing is, you know, usually like a day or two behind. And so they're rerunning the numbers, recalculating the models every couple days. And that's why you sometimes see like a little blip in the model. Like it might look like things might be evening out for a minute and then it goes right back up because, you know, there it goes, there came all the data, all the data just came in. Right. Now, are you talking about straight up raw data? Are you talking about the actual curves? Are those being reevaluated every few days as well? Yeah. Yes. And then um, are you talking about like the ones, the ones that I've looked at lately were published on 
IHME's site. It's the healthdata.org site out of Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you're looking at or that they are yeah. looking at? Yeah, I think they're looking at all the data, all the models. I know mm-hmm. there's at least, um, even on, even the White House was saying that they have five main models that they're looking at. Yeah. And um, they look at all of that and kind of decide which one they're going to go with, or sometimes they kind of average them out. So that's why when they talk about it, yeah. they said, well, according to this model, the peak might hit New York in seven days, but according to this other model, it's saying 21 days. So we don't know if it's a range and they sometimes go with mm-hmm. the middle and say, okay, it's at least another couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, and I, I did actuarial science for a long time. So I know you want to see as many models, as many methods as you possibly can, because mm-hmm. some are going to be completely on the extremes and then others are going to hover around a similar area. And so you want to be able to exclude the extremes, hover, you know, go to the ones that are hovering find a reasonable range. You can do worst case and best case scenarios, but you're wanting to look for that line in the middle that gives you something you can communicate to the public or to whomever is needing to hear the numbers. Uh, It's hard. It's a very hard uh, thing to estimate. And of course, we don't know the effects of the social distancing, the stay at home, the shelter at home, all of, you know, the masks, all of these things, we're not going to really know the outcome of how long this goes until, um, until the real data comes in. And unfortunately, and I saw you post this the other day, is that people are going to argue and say, well, you were wrong. Mm-hmm. But but what's happening is, is that you've got to put the theoretical thing out there based on everything that you possibly know. And you want to be wrong because you want that to influence the public to do the right thing to change the direction of the pandemic. Right. So if everyone does, you know, what's been asked of them and stayed home, then the graphs could look this way, right? They'll flatten out. So that happens and then the graphs are flatter, then people can look back and say, oh, it wasn't as bad as we thought, right? That's what you're saying. And if people do nothing and the graphs shoot way up, like, you know, they're still doing in in some areas like New York, then it looks like we're not doing anything because they're still going up. But Mm -hmm. it's it's just a chaos management at that point. Yeah, it's exactly. It's hard to show people until after the fact, like, okay, look. Once we started doing this, you see how the, how the curve started going not as high. It's kind of yeah. still going up, but it's going up at a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I posted something and, and a friend of mine said, I really like that example. If you think about it, and let's just assume that your city has 100 inches of rain every year on average, and that's the model, right? If you get all 100 inches of rain over a few weeks, you're going to have an incredibly wet, soggy, soppy, you know, flooded area. Right, we're going to flood. (laughs) But if you extend that rain out over the year or over several months or whatever that may be, then you're looking at something that the earth and the world can handle. That's the entire reason why we want to spread this out because... First of all, we can't stop the spread at this point. We don't have any way of doing that. We don't have vaccines. We don't have 
um, you know, we have some treatments that are starting to be implemented, which I wouldn't want to ask you about. Uh, but as far as like stopping this in its tracks, it's just not happening. It's not going to be happening like anytime soon. We've got a lot to go through first. And so as far as that is concerned, what are some of the treatments? Do you know about any of that that's happening? Because I've been hearing things. Well, I know that they're getting good results using combinations of drugs and the ones that they've talked about on TV using the azithromycin or the Z-Pack, a lot of people know it as the Z-Pack, using that in combination with that anti-malarial drug, mm -hmm. that has been shown to be effective in Europe in some cases here. And so that's one of the ones they're working on. But they're also working on some interferons and some other um, some other strong medications that they're just trying different combinations right now of things that have been working in other places that had this happen before we did mm -hmm. and trying to find out the best combination. Right. And what do we know or will we know at any point what the side effects might be of that treatment? Yeah, that's hard to say. It's, you know, it's really hard to Too say. Too early. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It also depends on what people, like what comorbidities they had, you know, did they have diabetes? Did they have high blood pressure or right. lung disease before this started? And so these drugs are being used to help treat the pneumonia aspect of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's the part that's killing people is they yeah, get into the pneumonia and then that fluid. Yeah. The fluid. Yeah. Okay. Was there anything else that you would like to add to the conversation before we wrap it up? Well, just back when we were talking about the numbers a few minutes ago, like one of the things that people keep asking me and keep asking all the, to all of the politicians on the press conferences is when is this going to be over? Um, right. You know, based on this model and that model. And that's one of those things that no one knows because we still don't know what's going to happen with all of those curves yet. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, if it goes like this, then it could be over at this time. If it goes like that, you know, we don't know about a second spread. Like, um, for example, in some of the countries in Asia where they, really got their numbers down or their curves are down or flattening out, are they going to start seeing new cases as they start opening up their borders and people start coming in that are asymptomatic? Are they going to see a rise again? Probably. Mm -hmm. And that could happen here too. So we have to keep everything as low as we can for as long as we can. So there's no way to know when this is going to be over because that's probably one of the most question, common questions I've been getting from friends. Wow. Yeah, we don't know. And I've seen things as far as August. I've also seen things to be lifting around July. But then, of course, the government is, it's like they're metering out, they're spoon feeding, saying, well, close this until the end of April or close this until, you know, whatever. And I feel like that's just a public management type response as opposed to a true that's scientific response. Yeah, I think if they would have just shut everything down all at once in one day, that would have just been everything collapsing and mayhem. And so they're doing it kind of in stages. Mm -hmm. um, I think at this point in the game, all the states should be on board, though, and should have all of the same policies in place, right? Like you all the think. schools, you would think like all the schools are closed and everyone's sheltering at home and no gatherings and all this stuff. And a couple more states have done it. Like just today, the Georgia governor did it. And I think yesterday, the Florida governor did it with a couple exceptions. Um, 
to his ruling like churches but um you would think that at least at this point all of the states would be on board and there's still a few that aren't and we're just going to see more cases pop up in those areas yeah. in a faster rate than in the other areas yeah now travel is still okay right now there's very limited domestic travel like on airplanes right they've really shut down a lot of the flights people are not taking them i guess but i wonder about people driving everywhere have you heard anything about where people are traveling if they're going anywhere have you heard anything? i haven't heard anything about driving i did have a friend who's a flight attendant post that she's still working every day and they're still having daily flights just not as many because mm -hmm their um, planes are mostly being used for cargo right now. So they'll have most of it used for cargo and then they'll have like a very limited number of passengers on board. And, and her point was, you know, we still need to get you guys all of your things. So we still need to fly. So everyone stay home because I need to work every day and you know, I want to be safe too. And I get yeah. her point. So yeah. 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 Non-essential travel. To... Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm Okay. Well, anything else that you want to mention before we go or we good? Um, yeah. So I also wanted to touch on the mask issue because you know, that's been one of my causes. Yeah. And, um, like I said, LA just put the citywide statement out for the masks. Yeah. And I've been promoting everyone wearing a mask for weeks and I was just, you know, using another analogy, like I liked your rain one, but this is another one. So a lot of people are saying they don't want to wear one because it hasn't been you know, stated by the government yet that we need to wear one. However, if you had a choice, if, if they think it's 50-50, like, well, we might need one, we might not. Well, if you have a choice to like go into a building and know that you were gonna die or not, where, whether you wore the mask, would you wear the mask? Of course you'd wear the mask because yeah. it's just like for a minute, you know, you're only gonna wear it for a couple of minutes. So yeah. why not just wear the mask? Like just be on the safe side. Mm -hmm. if, if it's a 50-50 chance, why not just wear the mask? But and granted, we're not going to all be able to have like N95 masks or anything, but we could put something on to yeah. limit us, any spread of germs. We don't even have those kind of masks because those are, you know, used by the doctors and the nurses. But yeah, we should have um, something we can use. You know, like I went to take my dog out for a walk and I just used a scarf, things like that. Um, I usually don't use it for walks, but I usually only use it if I'm going into a store or for the right. pharmacy. Yeah. I did go the other day and I had gloves on and everything. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. I had been in the house for probably 10 days straight without even going except for the patio here. I had not gone outside into a store at all. And so I finally went over there and I was like, you know, <laughs> what do I do? And fortunately there were hardly any people in the store. They had toilet paper and paper towels. And okay. they did watch to make sure I didn't have more than my fair share. And I could see them watching me looking at my cart, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So just wear your masks and, um, you know, wear your gloves if you have to be touching things. And if you don't have gloves, just mm -hmm. wash your hands or have your hand sanitizer with you. As soon as you're done touching things, like let's say you have to go to the ATM to get cash, or if you're going to get gas for your car or something where you have to touch the pin pads, you know, yeah. wash your hands or have hand sanitizer if you don't have gloves. Just little things like that you don't that you don't think about. Even when you're getting your groceries and you put your card in the machine, sometimes you have to sign it or enter your PIN or whatever. And it's mm -hmm. like, 
okay, now what do I do? My hand's contaminated, you know? I've been using like the side of my shirt to punch into the front door to get into our building. Um, yeah. It's probably not that great, but I, at least I wash my hands when I get upstairs. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was great getting to talk with you again. Yeah. All right. It was good to see you. Thank All right, you. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to hear all our episodes. Go to shoutyourcause.com to our podcast page for information on our guests and notes from this show.